0: Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Yeah. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote.
1: Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You can watch us on the simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on L U S Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. If you would like to get in the next two segments, uh or a good time, this one and next one would be a good time to get in. I um I said yesterday, my goal for the Astros in this series it's to win one out of three. Obviously, it'd be great if you won two out of three or three out of three. Well, obviously, that's not going to happen. But I, you know, I, I it's. Um, last night was a was a winnable game. I, I don't really look at last night as one of the fifty four losses. I think last night was one of the fifty four up for grab ones, and you just and, and you just didn't get it done. Uh, Bregman got eaten up by a ball that sparked a three-run inning. And, you know, no one knows what would have happened in the inning had he made the play. It was a hard-hit ball, but it was right at him. And he is in the major leagues and supposed to be a plus defender. So if he makes that play, um, you know, and it's one out and nobody on instead of a runner on second and no outs, then pretty good chance you have, you know, you have a, the odds are in your favor you're gonna get out of the inning without giving up a run. But strange the way they've been using Maton lately. I don't I don't quite get it, but obviously they probably have reasons that I'm not aware of. But um you know it was a little bit of frustration just because you have long range delay and you take the lead and you know, you 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 gave them two runs, and I know they hit kind of the coup de grade two-run homer that made it even worse. But I I don't know. You just like your chances of not giving that up. If, if there's more pressure, I think it's easier to hit a home run when you already have the lead. Um, and I think pitches are different and all. So I you know the Castro gave them a run on a pass ball. And then Bregman gave him, you could argue three runs, but at least one run on, on, on a ball that he didn't feel that was hit right after. I mean, you don't have to make it look clinic, but you know, if he could have knocked it down, it was hit so hard he could have picked it up and throw the guy out at first base. So frustrating loss. And then, you know, again, it's baseball. Anything can happen, but tonight doesn't look like. A good night for the Astros to win just pitching matchup wise now. Again, we've we've done that a million times and come up wrongs. But but you gotta like the Red Sox chances tonight with Ubaldi going against Arkey. And I, I, I've always been a big Arcidi guy, but he, he hasn't pitched great. And I don't know that he matches up with this ballpark at all. But it's baseball. So we'll wait and see. But on paper. Looks like the, you know, if you had to guess, um, you know, it's just a bad circumstance series. The, the 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 Red Sox are better than their record in that they've lost a lot of games late because of bad bullpen. Their bullpen last night just catch Strom pitched great. He looks awful, but he pitched great and um it's you know the astros are on the third leg of a three their second three city trip uh they need one win to have a 6 and 3 trip which i would vote for i would you know anybody most people would say man on a nine game road trip you can go 6 and 3 you're happy and so you know they've already clinched a winning trip but eh, you'd like to at least win one either one game in boston Boston's due to win. Uh, You know they got a little revenge in mind. They want to, you know, a little revenge from last year's ALDS, and that's that's fine too. So hopefully the Astros can figure out a way to win tonight or tomorrow. And if they do that, it will be another highly successful road trip. And then they got to start playing some home games. Seem like they've been on the road all season, and the next step is to figure out how to play consistently and win at home and hopefully they can do that as well. Jake Rizzi I don't. You know, he's he's so strange and he had been pitching, he had that one awful outing like what four outings ago, four or five outings ago against the Angels where the ump kind of squeezed him a little bit and he, and he just he couldn't he didn't get out of the first inning. Um and he didn't handle that well. And um and yet he's been pitching fabulous then like most of the Astros pitchers. And you know, you, you you don't know when McCullers is coming back. And so you hate to lose anyone, and we'll see how long he's out. I, I haven't heard officially like he's out, you know, he's getting put on the sixty or anything. So we'll wait and see what the results of it were. It's just one of them. And you know, the the sad part of it, not that he did anything wrong. But he didn't even really need to run. It was a slowly hit ball right to Yuli. Now, instincts are when you hit a ball to the right side, you got to run towards the, you know, the pitcher's got to cover first. Um, again, he didn't do anything wrong. It's just a shame. Like, he didn't even need to, to get off the mound. Could have just stood there. Because, of course, he didn't know that. I know. But I'm just saying that's the He hurt himself on a play that wasn't even needed to make the out. That's kind of unfortunate. But, um. And I don't know how he hurt himself. It's one of those freak things. It, didn't, it wasn't like he came down wrong or anything. You know, you just, who knows what happens when sometimes you, you, you don't even need to hardly do anything and you could twist your knee somehow. It's strange. But not good. Pabon. Um, last night was also a little bit of a strange scenario. And, and, and this is a tough de- de- uh, deal. I Jeremy Pena, rookie shortstop, uh, grew up, He went to Maine, which is, you know, in Canada, basically. Um, and grew up, I believe, in Rhode Island, some, one of the New England states. And so he's got a lot of family in the area. And he's obviously off to this great start, and they're all excited, and I am too, and I get it all. But I mean, like they were all there and they want him to play. Well, I want him to play too, but I want him to be playing in July and August and September and October and November. I'm more worried about that than worry about him playing in May. And supposedly they were all trying to put I mean to say little league. Trying to put pressure on Dusty to play him. Look, I – the Astros are way too, you know, far along in this game to be playing silly games. But it's just funny that they were even discussing this. Like they're just begging Dusty to put him in the game. And I get it. It's exciting. But, man, you got to see the big picture here. I don't want to rush this cat at all. I say whenever he's ready, sit him for 2 or 3 more days. Now they didn't they they, they didn't want to put him on the IL. And so if you're going to sit him too long, then they should have just put him on the IL. So I get that point, too. But man, supposedly he's going to play tonight, but he better be ready. I don't want to play, you know. Again, I I'm I have nothing against his family. I want them to be excited, but man, right now we got to Got to make sure that cat's healthy. Make extra sure he's healthy. Uh, Dubon played last night. He did fine. He did fine. Man, I, I, it's the ninth inning last night. You're down three. You don't figure it a win. Dubon leads off with a single, and who comes up? Altuve. And I'm saying, just strike out. Just strike out. Because I, Jose Altuve... Candy and Yuli—they're all different kind of hitters, but they're all double plays. They're just double plays. And so, the when uh, Altuve gets up last night, you got to lead. You're down three in the ninth. You got to you got to run on first and no outs. You got ju- you ju- you got uh, Brantley on deck. I just want to get to Brantley, and if he gets a hit to bring the tying run to the plate. So I'm telling Altuve, just strike out. Just stand there and strike out. And I'm saying that because I know what he is. Jose Altuve is a double play. That's what he is. And, of course, what does he do on the 0-2 pitch? Double play, 6-4-3, right to the shortstop. start. I just knew that was going to happen. Double play. Just, he just struck. And they're probably going to lose anyway, but could he have just struck out right there? Just, ugh. I hate double plays. Other than the one that, other than when I'm up 6 nothing and the bases are loaded and like Sunday, then I love him. But, no, I was just hoping he'd strike out. And chances are they weren't going to win anyway. But um, Brantley hasn't really been hitting, so I kind of like his chances of getting a hit. Um, and then, you know, you give Bregman a chance to make up for his error or his misplay. And, uh, no, but it's just so frustrating. Altuve is just, he's just the most aggravating player. He's one of the more aggravating players I've ever had on one of my teams. Because you you, you can't help but not like him. But he does so many things that are so frustrating. And uh, I do not like him up in those situations. I wish he would just bunt. And and, and and even with two strikes, if he strikes out, fine. If he bunts, at least he'll get the runner to second, and he might even beat it out because he, he's fast. I, I don't I don't like him swinging in those situations because he's a, he's a flat out double play. That's what he is. Um, by the way, I don't know if y'all heard. All this belly aching our friend Jules has been doing about the Red Sox. Play the Red Sox for the—I mean, I pay attention from afar, kind of, but not really. You know, I see if they win or lose, but I don't really know all their team's batting averages. I follow the Astros and my fantasy team. That's pretty much what I follow on a day-to-day basis. So, play the Red Sox for the first time, and all I've heard is how awful they are. And they're all bad now. It seems like everybody's hitting three hundred. Xander Bogaerts leading the league in hitting. JD Martinez, 17 game winning streak. Why did the Astros ever pitch to JD Martinez? Can someone explain that to me? Why does why do the Astros ever pitch to JD Martinez? Came up as an Astro and he has just owned the Astros. You know, he was he was a draft pick with the Astros way back when they were terrible. And they traded him away, and he has just tortured the Astros ever since. Why pitch to J.D. Martinez ever? Like I would, I used to say this when that bozo Pujols was in my division, and he was awesome. I would just, and Durker used to say it. Larry Durker used to wasn't used to be an Astro, and now well, he's the manager. He was a player, and he was an announcer, Then he was a manager, Then he was an announcer. And uh, now he just wears goofy shirts and makes money with restaurants and stuff, whatever. But anyway, he he used to say, "Just walk him every time." His on base percentage is a thousand, but you're not going to get all the damage from it. And they need they need to stop pitching to JD Martinez. I hate facing that guy, JD Martinez. And um, you know, Rizzi struck him out in the first inning, but then what? What does he do? Come up, game tied. pitch, double. Of course, the guy shouldn't have been on second base if Bregman would field the ball. But they need to stop pitching to J.D. Martinez. Just, I know Bogarts is a good hitter. He's leading the league in hitting. They got all these guys hitting 300. Astros are hitting 240. It's not because they can't hit. It's because they got no bullpen. But they sure had one last night. Cancel Robles, who's not even good, ex-Angel, got the save. Thanks to Jose Altuve, Mr. Double Play. All right. We'll take a timeout, come back. Uh, the game hotline is still open, 706-0111. <clears throat> we'll have some thoughts on the NBA scenario as we're going into the night. And more on the other side as we take this time out on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 104-1 One Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
0: Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. May 17th, 1998, New York Yankees pitcher David Wells tosses a perfect game in a 4-0 victory over the Minnesota Twins at Yankee Stadium. At the time, the perfect game was only the 15th in Major League Baseball history. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. One zero three seven Lafayette. One zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Want to tell you about Astros giveaway number two scheduled for Saturday, June the nineteenth against the Chicago White Sox team that the Astros defeated in the ALDS and was the last team that Lance McCullers pitched against before he got hit injured and. Hasn't pitched since, but you could win four tickets to that Saturday game, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations that Saturday evening. Astro weekend getaway, too, for Saturday, June the 18th, against the White Sox, powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, La Meridian, Houston Downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Alright, so my advice would be to go to the uh, website, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com and sign up today. Alright, before we get to the, go to the game hotline, tonight at 7 o'clock is the draft lottery, NBA draft lottery. Uh, it you know, my first reaction to these draft lotteries is that it's a little gimmicky, but it's also fun. So I get why they do it. And by the way, I know we focus way more on the NFL draft than the NBA draft and even more on the NBA draft than the Major League draft, and I get all of that, all the reasons why for that. But the Major League draft, they're going to be doing a little bit of a draft lottery now, so we'll see how that plays out. But the, uh, the odds are that you know the pelicans will get a pick but it won't be you know in the top 5 or top 4 so so say they could get they got a 34% chance of getting the 5 pick which you say well that's not high odds but when a 340 hitter steps to the plate do you think he's going to get a hit like Xander Bogart's leading the league, leading the league, hitting 345 going into last night's. When he steps to the plate, I bet you a lot of Red Sox fans think he's gonna get a hit, hitting 345. So they got a 34.5% chance. So, so say a 32% chance of getting a sixth spot. If they get anything from 5 to 10, I mean, you gotta be elated. Elated. And so, you know, this dream of Repeating what happened in twelve or nineteen, where they you get the number one pick, you know that it would that you know that's miracle stuff. But I mean, if you get anywhere between five and ten as the Pelicans, you got to be you got to be pretty ecstatic with that. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello.
2: I told you this before, and I'm gonna tell you again. I'm not a machine, okay? I'm just Altuve.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no, that cat is the opposite of a machine, Altuve. Again, I'm not anti-Altuve. I have a daughter who's very anti-Altuve, but I'm not. Uh, I know what he is. I know what he's brought. I know I respect him. I just know that there are times when I want him at the plate, and there are times when I don't. And when there's a runner on first, I do not want that cat at the plate because he's a double play. Now, he'll swing at the first pitch, and he might hit it, but if he goes deep into the count, He very often hits a ground ball to the left side to shortstop a lot when he gets behind the count because he's just trying to make contact when he gets too – I just – if there's no outs and there's a runner on first, I'd rather he just strike out because he's a double play. Now, Yuli scares me, but the only difference between – Yuli's a double play too, but Yuli at least hits the ball to right field. Altuve used to hit the ball to right field. He hardly ever hits the ball to right field anymore. So he's so much more likely to hit that ground ball to short. Oh, just just drives me bonkers. Drives me bonkers. All right, getting back to the NBA <coughs> draft lottery. It, it it it's you know they're I'm sure that you're going to see it. Pretty often tonight, if you watch it, when the Pelicans went absolutely nuts when they got the number one pick to, to theoretically draft Zion. Now, all this time later, it's a pretty interesting debate. There's no question that Ja Moran has done way more than Zion has done because Zion never plays he's always hurt now when Zion plays he hasn't exactly been terrible it's just he's he never plays as as we've said many times the best ability is availability but it's an interesting it's an interesting debate or topic And I think you get a lot of people, like, if you listen to our friend Lewis, who lives and dies with the Pelicans, uh, he still would take Zion over Ja Morant. Now, remember, Ja Morant ended the season injured, too. He's had his fair share of injuries, and... You just wonder, and, and 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 again, I I've said many times, you you just can't go very far down this road of questioning guys whether they're injured or not injured, and and it's not that you're necessarily wrong. There's just it just it's unproductive because you you're just asking for trouble. You just can't go down that road. Like there's a lot of people that are, you know, suggested that. Uh, Michael Thomas, Plastic Man, is carrying this injury, his injury, way too long, and he really shouldn't have still been hurt. I mean, again, it, you can't know that stuff. So there's no use to even go down that road. Now, <clears throat> and I say that because I'm sure there's some people that have thought, it's crossed my mind, like if Zion really, really wanted to get healthy, and then you just, what I'm saying is you wonder how motivated he was to even be in New Orleans for a lot of the time that he's been out well with the very positive development of the last five or six you know well not five probably three months he probably feels a whole lot better about a future in new orleans than he did from the all the rest of the time since they drafted him and so you kind of like with that said you kind of like his chances of being real motivated and doing everything he can to get back and to stay healthy and to be in shape, blah, blah, blah. Whereas John Moran, is he is on the small side. And so there are some people that have kind of convinced themselves that while to this point it's a no-brainer that John Moran has done way more than Zion, but that from here on out they there are people that feel that Zion's actually going to do more in the next three or four years than Morant will. So we'll see. Just, just interesting to consider because I got to believe at some point during this draft lottery, they're going to show, you know, the Pelicans and going crazy and all that. And, and so little good has happened to the Pelicans from that moment until about two months ago. <clears throat> it's, it's crazy how little good has happened. It's almost it's been all frustration. So we'll see how that plays out tonight. But look, it's it's a it's a it's gimmicky, but it's fun. I mean, if you're on the, in the Pelican shoes, I mean, they're the only playoff team that's going to get you know, unless something really really weird happens, they're the only playoff team that's going to add a lottery pick unless some trades made. <clears throat> theoretically. So, um, you know, again, I'm not a Pelican fan. I've said that many times, and I wouldn't insult Pelican fans by saying that I am. But I do want them to do well, and we do follow them and talk about them because they're in the state. And so, you you know, you, I certainly uh, want them things to go well. And so if they could add a piece, you know, I don't know, obviously, you Anytime you could add a great player, you're good. But in the position they're in, it seemed like they just need certain things. Like a little like they need Murphy to do what he can do better than he did it this year. They need to add another player to fulfill a certain role more so they don't really need a number one score. They have a number one score. You know, I don't I don't know that they even need a number two score, although you can always You know, it's always it would be nice. You know, if if McCullum was your third leading scorer, you're probably even better off. But it's not that they have a a, an absolute need to have that number three. They just need a guy that fits into their what they've got going and and kind of add up, kind of like I think the Saints did. With their second round pick, even though he was a stretch, they feel like he just fits into what they need. Or he just kind of finishes them and um, finishes off, you know, if they get a veteran running back, the best roster on paper the Saints have ever had going into a season. Now we just got to stay healthy. But I'm, but, and the Pelicans can, can be kind of in that situation where they don't, yeah, it'd be great to have a number one or two or three, but I don't know that that's what they need out of this. They just need to get in the range to where they can pick the player that best suits them. They don't have <coughs> this overwhelming, gaping hole where they need a number one or number two score because I think they already have that. So, we'll – um. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, I'll be at the baseball game tonight, but um, it would, would be good to follow it, following the Astros as well, even though I don't really like their chances of winning tonight at Fenway. I got to tell you, I don't like them at all. But bad circumstance game, bad circumstance series for the Astros. But we'll see how all that plays out. All right. we will. It will be interesting whether you love the draft lottery or not to see the results of it. Tonight We'll take a timeout. When we come back, we'll shift gears, have our weekly conversation with UL baseball coach Matt Deggs. Next on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 104 One Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
0: You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 104 One Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers in Southwest
1: Louisiana. All right, we have with us here UL head baseball coach Matt Deggs. Well, coach, uh I watched a lot of it on T V and followed a lot over the weekend. Was it, it it just looked really hot? Was it as hot on that turf field as it looked out on television?
3: Yeah, it was uh, it was uh it was an oven man. And uh it wasn't as hot as it gets on our field, I'll tell you that. Uh because they didn't have the humidity that we have, right? And, and so we're built for the heat. But I don't think that ever phases. What what uh, they do have though is their sort the of visitor dugout catches that west sun. So as soon as it you know crests over the top of the field, probably around noon or one o'clock, it beats in your dugout, and their dugouts are the size of a shoebox. So you've got thirty guys and all the coaches crammed into a shoebox with no air. And uh that it does. It's uh that that makes it challenging, but we're in great physical condition and, and mentally and we're tough and uh I don't think that ever played into anything.
1: It seemed like looking back over the series, knowing the kind of series that you figured it would be – Did I mean, I kind of feel like you hit enough or close to enough. It's just hard to stop them, I guess. Or how do you kind of look at that?
3: I look at it like they beat us at our own game, right? So they stole more bases than us. They hit more home runs. And what we've done better than anybody for a large majority of the year is when we get scored upon, we score. And they did that to us just about every time. Uh, and it's, it, I don't know if it's so much us as a credit to they have a ton of 23, 24-year-olds that are really good and uh, understand who they are. And uh, they've got a team that can play for a while now because they have some power arms over there too. So I was proud of our guys, and you're right. Uh, you know, we hit enough but we would have had to really defend and pitch it at a extremely better than anybody has against them all year uh, to to win a couple of those games. Now, yesterday's game, I felt like, you know, that, that one right there was one that, man, there, you know, with just too many freebies and because we're going to win that game late, no doubt about it, uh, just because I knew they didn't have enough down there to stop us. And, it played out that way. Now, the the, the Saturday game, and where it gets intriguing is the Saturday game, we take a lead into the eighth. Uh, and then, of course, Friday night's a two-run defeat. They're all, those, every, all three of those games hung in a balance to the end. They have a legitimate, uh, I mean, a kid's got 15 saves. Right. And it's, uh, it's a 95 fastball moving up and down, and it's a power slider. And uh, on their pitching staff, they have a bunch of power pitches that go down. And when you can do that, uh, make the hitter change eye levels and worry about a good fastball, you're going to have some success, or you should anyway. So I was proud of the way we competed. Uh, and we had some guys pitching good in spots. Uh, but they played their best baseball. We played pretty good. And uh, that's just not going to be good enough. You know, you can't kick field goals against the Patriots. That's 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 just the way it goes. Or against Tom Brady, you you just can't. Or against the Chiefs, you you've got to score. And we stranded way too many runners all weekend.
1: You know we use the term, and I use it sometime, MAPA, But I think we got another classic example yesterday. You never, you never know how big a relief outing can be. You're down. I believe it was nine to four. You gave up two runs in maybe the seventh inning or sixth inning, and 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 look at how important those two runs are when you score seven runs in the seventh and eighth inning combined.
3: I know. Well, we're down seven. Uh I think shock legs out an infield single, he ran a three seven two down the line, which is world class to beat it out. And uh Brocco jumps ship, It's now the deficit's five, and we go back out and give up two immediately on walks, et cetera. So the the most minuscule outing, you know, uh the first guy in relief yesterday. I mean it's just the most minuscule outing. They're all important when you can score, and this group can score, man. Uh, you know, I, I what are we hitting like close to three fifty over last ten or twenty ball games? We're going to score. Uh, what we've got to do is cash in big when it's time to cash in, and man, that's a credit to their pitching this weekend because they they shut us down when uh, when it mattered most too. But the the Name of the game all weekend was us straining runners and then us uh, being being generous and and creating some innings for them.
1: All right, so you know. I don't know how much players think about this, but I'm sure you and your staff think about, okay, we can get you original this way or we can do it that way. And we all know in the back of your mind, all you got to do is we say all oh, you got to do. There's always the option of going to the conference tournament and winning it like the softball team was able to do this past weekend in Mobile. But do you now, after this weekend's results, just not worry about that and just go out and play or kind of what's the mentality now?
3: same group we are every single day be the same dudes every single day and just keep playing uh that's what we did yesterday and uh should have come back and won that game uh and that 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 the ending of the game yesterday is a microcosm of what we're capable of and we've had our back against the wall all year and purported ourselves really really well uh and so yeah you could win the rest of your games and uh, get to the championship game of the regional and and not win and still have the reason to watch the show uh if you beat a couple of those good rpi teams in there or you can go win the tournament and uh which we've done a lot of times uh i don't know how many we've won a bunch of conference tournaments and they're fun and they're exciting and uh if you said hey you want to win the league or the conference tournament i'll take the conference tournament because it's just like a You know, seven-day explosion of fun and excitement that culminates in a dog pile. and uh, You really gain a lot of momentum from winning a tournament as well. Uh, But a lot of things have to go right, Kevin. This is a tough league, man. I don't care who you draw in a tournament. If it's UTA, if it's uh, Texas State, you've seen how they've all played us. And, uh, you know, everybody's got good uh, arm or two and everybody's going to have a guy to finish the game. And like Texas State and, and several, you know, Georgia, stuff, everybody's got some older kids that can really hit. So that tournament's going to be a, a, you know, it'll it's, it be a fun one, man, for sure. Especially the way they got it formatted. It's a little more, not a little more, a lot more, 10 times more, 100 times more legit than the one that we participated in last year. So they're going to protect the top two teams, have a four team play in. And uh, so they'll get to face, and rightfully so, the top two teams will get to face a second arm from both of those. And then it starts a true double elimination, and uh, that's the way it should be.
1: All right. So in terms of the bullpen and usage moving forward, did did anything change because of the results or the things that went, or, or is it kind of, well, look, we played, a, you know, arguably the best hitting team ranked in the top 15 in the country, you know, on the road, and so we're just going to continue to do what we do?
4: That's a good
3: question, and I think that needs to play out over the course of the next week and a half. And I think we'll start staging ourselves for the tournament and uh, relying on our offense to, to score some runs for us and make sure that we're rested and ready to go into that tournament.
1: Do you feel like, I mean, I thought they went pretty far. One of my concerns when I was looking at the forecast weather-wise, especially being on turf kind of like, you know, you're used to playing, like you're saying, is were you able to, were your starting pitchers, did they pitch as far as they, you know, did the weather have anything to do with how far they pitch is basically what I'm asking.
3: Not really. I mean, you saw what kind of shape they're in. I mean, Kyle stays out there for 109 and Schultz. Yeah, for 111. Right. I mean, that's that's uh, pretty good, pretty good, man. Uh, and of course, Jeff, we had to do what we had to do yesterday. Yeah. And, uh You know, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. It was. Look, it was really hot. Uh, the average person is not going to stay out there very long. And uh, but all of these kids are in tremendous physical shape, and uh, they're hydrated and. Uh, You you know, it's the the way that all the schools have a lot of schools uh, that are playing really good baseball, invested into nutrition and strength and conditioning, and uh, you know these kids are in great shape. I mean, look at Julian Brock; (laughs) both catchers caught every inning.
1: It's amazing. It, it, yeah, it, it really is. Yeah, it really, it really, yeah. it, it really And both
3: of them swung the bat pretty good, you know. It's... So they're they're not only catching; they're both of them were circling the bases. So that was that was pretty amazing.
1: Well, you've got one midweek game um, against Nichols, and then you finish out their regular season at home against Little Rock. Uh, it's this team's been real, real, resi- very resilient all year long, and I'm sure you kind of feel like that will continue.
3: Yeah, this team this team has a passion and cares, and I, I know I say it all the time, but, I mean, I don't know that there was a word. I didn't hear a word spoken for seven hours on the bus. They were just disappointed, man, and that is very rare in today's day and age. That used to happen, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Uh, there was a lot of quiet buses, and, of course, the way we grew up, that's just the way it went. Uh, but now kids get over things so quick, but this group, man, uh, they're disappointed, and they're hurting right now, and rightfully so. We all are. Uh, we wanted to win that league. We wanted to give, our, give ourselves a, a, a really good boost RPI-wise, and they're smart. They understand that, that uh, we didn't do ourselves any favors. But just like uh, Rich strike the horse, you know, it ain't over till it's over, and uh, there's still a way to win this thing.
1: All right, Coach, we appreciate your time as always. Y'all, good luck this week. Okay, thanks, Kevin. All right, UL head baseball coach Matt Deggs. We'll be back on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
0: This is raging Cajun legend Jake DeLome. Why doesn't Kevin Foot talk more basketball? Oh, because it's
1: in the best interest for his health not to discuss basketball. I had to give up basketball to save my life. I cannot take basketball. It's way too subjective. More
0: footnotes coming up on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on... The game one zero three seven Lafayette one zero four one Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to remind you, if you would like to win a family pack of ride tickets to the Cajun Heartland State Fair, scheduled for the Cajun Dome May twenty sixth and June the fifth, this is what you need to do: text CHSF to six eight six eight three. Text CHSF. To 68683, you might win a family pack of four tickets, ride tickets, I should say, to the Cajun Heartland State Fair, May 26th through June the 5th. Also, want to remind you, we talked a little bit, quite a bit about the Astros and the Red Sox. Bad circumstance, three game series. All I'm asking for is one win. Just don't get swept. That. That's pretty much what I asked for all these series, especially early in the season. Just don't get swept. I can I you know, you lose 2 out of 3, it's not it's not great, but it's it's you know, it's it's baseball. It's not the end of the world. All you all you got to do is get one little winning streak together and 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 you forget about losing 2 out of 3. When you get swept though, it's just it's just not good. So anyway, game 2 of that series Scheduled for a 610 start can be listen heard on our our sister station, News Talk 985 FM, because starting at 630 tonight, right here on the game 1037, Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles will be LSU baseball against the Northwestern State Demons and LSU's final midweek game of the season, first pitch set for 630. So one of those two stations you can Flip back and forth if you would like, or whatever. You could listen to a keep up with the Astros, Red Sox, as well as the Demons and the Tigers. I, you know, Cajuns tonight are playing at home. We just had our weekly interview with Coach Deggs, and you can tell that the Cajuns are very disappointed, and yet they're just gonna keep playing. Personally, I would my first reaction would be. Well, you probably rest some players. They just had a long, brutal weekend in the heat in San Marcos. This game doesn't really mean anything other than you're competing and you want to (coughs) compete. And, you know, you're finishing out a game, uh, the series on Thursday – Remember, and I always have to remind myself and I always end up forgetting that the last weekend of the season going into the conference tournament, they all and and also around Easter time, they play a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series instead of a Friday, Saturday, Sunday series. And so you're playing in two days, but that's not the way they think. (laughs) I mean, he's not really serious. But when I asked Coach Deggs the question, he was like, they might fight me in the dugout if I tell them they're not playing. So, like, why would I go to – he's basically kind of – well, he didn't say it, but kind of – why would I go down? I mean, they might fight me in the dugout. I'm just going to play my guys. They're just going to play all the games, and when it's, when it's over, it's over. And, it, you know, that's the whole stick to the process and all that. I, I still think sometimes you got to save players from themselves a little bit. Like, I would not play Julian Brock tonight. Like, the cat just caught every inning in 95 to 100 degree heat on turf in South Texas. He catches almost every game. Like, to me, I wouldn't play him tonight. But, as he said, them cats love to play. They love to play. They believe in availability. They believe that the best ability is availability. Availability. Uh, hopefully uh, Heath Hood does better. You know, he's been, he got a big old knot on his elbow. and So we'll see how they play. They play nickels tonight. They lost to nickels a couple months ago in the game at Thibodeau. So I'm sure they want to get a little revenge there. And we'll see how that plays out tonight um, at Teague Moore Field. All right, that'll do it for the first hour. Another hour to follow. Bobby Novo in the second segment of the next hour. We'll be back on the game. Broadcasting
0: live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote.
1: Welcome. Back to footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. 103.7 Lafayette. One zero four one Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You can watch us on the simulcast. Stadium 32.3. 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706 uh, If you would like to get in comment we've talked a little bit about the nba lottery we've talked about astros red sox bad circumstance series hopefully the astros can find a way to win a game we'll see if jeremy pena plays tonight he hasn't played in about a week which again i'm good with uh rest him as i just i need him long term i know it's important for the family that he play in this series but in the big picture, it's not all that important for me and the Astros. Uh, you know, I you know, so we'll see what happens. Supposedly he's really close. To be fair, they were talking about playing him Sunday. And he didn't. So I guess you could argue that they've already given him a couple more days than they are, you know, than when they originally talked about him being back. So we'll see how that plays out. And again, the Astros over the weekend kind of bolstered the, their options as a in 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 that by um trading a minor leaguer, Papirski, for Mauricio. I think I'm pronouncing his name right. Mauricio Dubon, who has so far through two games, acquitted himself very well, made some nice defensive plays at shortstop filling in for Peña and he also um got some hits. Unfortunately, Mr. Double Play was up after him, but uh in the night, but no, he 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 looks like he's going to fit in very well. Look look forward to seeing how how he can help the Astros from here on out. Um NBA conference finals begin tonight 7:30 Celtics heat tomorrow starts at 8 o'clock. The Mavs and the Warriors. It's a – some you know, people started really talking about Golden State at times, and so that's not a big surprise. I don't think a whole lot of people had the Mavs in this point. Uh, The Celtics, for the first half of the season, were not doing very well at all. So – I don't know that a whole lot of people have been were expecting that as well. And the heat is kind of it's kind of a weird outfit because they're the number 1 C but like nobody really respects them. Nobody really gives them a chance. But if you look at it like they were in the finals 2 years ago. I mean I I was naturally rooting against the Heat when, you know, LeBron and all them went over there, all that silliness. Um, And I didn't like when they cheated to win the NBA title when they played the Mavs. Oh, I didn't think about that. If the Mavs could get back, they could maybe get some revenge. I kind of like that idea. But anyway, um... it's uh the, but this Miami Heat team, I can it's easy to pull for this team. One, they're playing against the Celtics. You know, you pull for the Soviets against the Celtics. Um so they're playing against the Celtics, and two, they don't re- they're the only one <clears throat> Well, I guess you could say the Celtics. You know, Tatum is on the borderline of being like a megastar, but he's not really in that Luca curry status yet so i guess the whole eastern conference is kind of more team than it is superstar like the qw's are all going to be watching the western conference fine because they love the superstar uh it's all about one guy it's all about me 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 but um the guys who like team, actually, it's more of an Eastern Conference thing. So I think that series, I think both of these series will be interesting. But I, I think the Celtics Heat. So for this, for this, for right now, never really been a supporter against the Miami Heat. But I am, I am in this series. Go Heat! All right, let's go back to the game hotline and see what um, what Jules has to say. Hello. Hello. Hello? Kevin? How are you doing?
5: Hey, this is uh Crazy Viking fan. This oh, how you, are you doing? <laughs> good. Good morning. How you doing?
1: Pretty good, sir.
5: Good. Uh I got a question. You uh yeah, I know you're a big Astros guy. You rather be in the American League or uh, or in the national?
1: Well, I'd rather be in the National League. I I I still pull for the National League in the All-Star game, even though the, the Astros have been in the American League for a, a decade. So at my core, I'm an old-school National League guy. Uh, if it was yeah. up to me, the pitchers would still be hitting and all that. But I got to tell you, it's worked out great for the Astros. They've had tremendous success since they've been in the American League, so I can't really complain, no.
5: Correct. Right. Yeah, Uh um. So tonight is the first game in Boston, or did they play last night? I'm sorry. They're, no, no, no. no. They, 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 it's night. game
1: one. It's game one. Oh, good. Okay, game one.
5: All right. Well, yeah. And uh, it, it, it's all good. I, I don't want nobody to think I'm a Saints hater or anything. Kevin, I, I pull for uh, New Orleans when they play the Bears, the and Lions, and Packers. And, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, I, I get it. I get it. I when understand. I need the Saints to when I pull for him, you uh, know, I perform hard.
1: Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> I get it. I understand. You know? That's fair.
5: But yeah, I mean South the has got no offense. I mean, you know, to, <laughs> he he's not, that's fact what he said, the Vikings are always runner up. There's no uh, arguing that. You well, know. I
1: tell you what, though the Vikings well, have given me so much heartache in my life that it, I understand sorry, that. In, no, no, I understand <laughs> that in the what I'm saying is I understand that on the national picture because they hadn't won a Super Bowl, they get ridiculed. But I don't rid, ever ridicule them because all they've done is beat me since I was 10 years old, with the exception of when, when we che- when we got a chance to and well. we cheated them in the, NF- in the <laughs> NFC Championship game. So I have like. A hatred, but not a lack of respect. I don't look down on the Vikings. All they've done is cr- crush my face for, you know, for the better part of 50 yeah. years. So it's kind of a different well, perspective.
5: The, fo- the, the the football gods uh, haven't been kind to of y'all after y'all beat us in the NFC Championship game. <laughs> no, they have not. <laughs> you know? no, they have not. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I always like Drew Brees. I like him as a commentator and everything. I thought he was doing a real, really good job. And uh, my, my dislike was mostly for Sean Payton. I just couldn't really.
1: Well, a lot uh, of people, a lot of people didn't like Casper. Just that's true.
5: Arrogant, you know. Yes. And then maybe in the Minneapolis Miracle, if he wouldn't have been doing the stupid uh, goal chant and getting together with his defense, that might have not never happened.
1: That, so anyway, that's so, fair. All right.
5: Well, uh, uh, good talking
1: with you. You now. too. Thank you, sir. No, look, there's no arguing that Casper the quitter is, uh, you know, was arrogant. And, you know, I didn't like, I I wouldn't do a lot of the silly stuff that he does. He's petty and all that. But I will will forever appreciate what he did for the Saints franchise. So, uh, you know, those are the kind of things you, it's kind of like a player. Like you're willing to put up with some shenanigans if the player's really, really, really good. And Casper did a lot of really, really, really good things. So you're willing to put up with some of his shenanigans as a fan without getting too aggravated. So I I get it. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Kevin. Yes, sir. I'm,
6: I'm planning on you going up to Boston, winning three games, 25 to nothing. So the people will see just how pathetic the team is. And this is the best y'all can come up with.
1: Well, I mean, all Cor- I know, it's a Cor bad circumstance. He did game twice
6: with pitching moves. He takes with lockout for no reason and brings in, I am the deep man. Uh, then a little later, he brings in Matt Barnes, who... Should be used when the team is losing 15 to nothing. He ought to be pitching the last few innings. Wait, he
1: pitched Strom. I didn't see Barnes. He pitched Strom. He pitched uh, Jeff Spicoli. We couldn't hit him. No, he brought in Barnes. That's uh, who gave up
6: at least a run, if not more than that.
1: All I know, I saw when he brought in, um, you know, the brunette Jeff Spicoli, and we couldn't get him out. Who's that? That long-haired guy, Strong. Oh, Strong. Well, yeah, even they, they even one of the.
6: One or two decent uh, relief pitchers, but... Uh... They struggled against
1: him. No, Bregman messed up defensively, and we can't get J.D. Martinez out. But like I was saying, Jews, all your guys are hitting over 300. You're leading the league in hitting. You got another guy with a 17-game win streak. You guys they are hitting just like I people. thought. Just three like I thought, 13. but y- y'all just don't have a bull pit. Y'all need to get a bull pit. They have
6: three people hitting 300. Everybody else is hitting below 200.
1: I think the Astros have none.
6: Well, yeah, but you got a whole bunch of people at least hitting 250 and above, huh? Not many. <laughs> well, <and> as, <laughs> as far as the bullpen, I mean, this has been ongoing uh, for several years, and they don't want to do anything about it. Yeah, they, just they keep bringing they, the same... Yeah a uh, core of bad relief pitchers back, and they expect different results. You know, they're, they're not Tampa Bay. They they can't get seven scoreless out of the bullpen. That's not happening. So hopefully uh, y'all will play better tonight and put double figures up on them. Well, the I don't think tonight. it's going to
1: happen. I'm really worried about getting swept in this series, I got to tell you. It's a bad circumstance series. No, seriously, I'm very concerned about it. Uh the matchup tonight is not good. O'Kidi has not been pitching well and, and he doesn't really match up with Finway to me. And so I I don't uh I don't I don't feel good about this series at all. I just hoping I can get one. If I get one, I'll be ecstatic and move on.
6: Well, you're facing Avaldi an and he leads major league baseball in bombs allowed with nine so far.
1: Well I hope they get two or three on him tonight.
6: Well, okay, Kevin. Hopefully, y'all right. uh, can uh,
1: put a hurting on him tonight. All right. Take care. <laughs> Bye. Take care. Is Jules unbelievable? He's a Red Sox fan. And he's calling me and he's saying, I hope y'all put a hurting on him. I was hoping y'all come and beat him 25 to the. What does that even mean? He's incredible. Jules is incredible. Like, I understand being down on your team and being frustrated, but he wants his team to lose. And it's not like he's trying to get some b- draft pick or something. You know, some guys do that when they trying to get a draft pick or they're trying to get the coach fired. Well, he would love to fire the manager, Cora. And I'm not saying Cora's perfect, but if Cora got fired, he would get hired because I think he's respected in the game. Now, if I was him and I agree with Jules that they need to do a better job of addressing their bullpen, like, why don't they do that? I mean, if, if, if who knows what would have happened? Cause we've, we've roughed up Hansel Robles before when he was with the angels, the fighting Otani's. I I, I don't, uh, you know, if double play wouldn't have came up, who knows what would have happened in that inning. But, but no, this is a, Awful circumstance series and tonight is a not a good circumstance game for the Astros. so we'll see what happens I, again the Astros win one. I will be ecstatic i'll be I'll have a six and three road trip come home hopefully they can do some damage against the little Rangers who are hitting by the way man i don't I don't really like playing the Rangers like you would think I would because they they got guys in that lineup, Corey Seager and Adolis Garcia. The Astros can't get those guys out. They cannot get them out. So I'm not really looking forward to that series, but I'm looking forward to getting off this long road trip and not being. I'm hoping the Rangers can keep winning, can win tonight and tomorrow, and be due to lose a few when they come to Houston over the weekend. <sighs> just got. I just hey, look. If I win tonight, I'll be ecstatic. If I win tomorrow, I'll be ecstatic. Just don't want to get swept. And stop pitching to J.D. Martinez. Stop pitching to him. All right, we'll take a timeout. When we come back, shift gears Cajun softball. They will start a regional. one thirty Friday, Clemson, South Carolina against Auburn. We'll discuss that and all the situations around the softball team with In our weekly visit with Mr. Bobby Nova, next on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
0: It's not uncommon here on Footnotes for Kevin Foote's voice and his blood pressure to rise rapidly during the show.
1: The fat guys like you and me need to be watching mop-up time just like the stars
0: do. Sometimes it rises a little too high. That is stupid! 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 Not to worry, we have EMT standing by just in case Foot passes out. Back, back to, to more Footnotes footnote. on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Welcome back to Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Want to rem- remind you if you would like to win a sneak peek preview of the new movie Top Gun Maverick on May the 26th at the Celebrity Theater in Broussard, this is what you need to do. Text Top Gun to 68683. Text Top Gun to 68683 you might win a special sneak peek preview of the movie Top Gun Maverick. You could win two tickets to that again, June, I'm sorry, May the 26th at the Celebrity Theater in Broussard. Thanks to Big Boy Toys and the Game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. By the way, I thought about this, listening to people talk again over the last few days. and It's something that comes up all the time, constantly, and, and it's like, I'm old, and I know I'm still trying to wrap my, wrap my, wrap my mind around it. Some of it, you just laugh it off because of the difference in generations and the way things go, and some of it, you just get downright frustrated because I'm sick of hearing about it. But, like, that last Bumper song is actually Old Girl by the Shy Lights. I don't know what year it came out. Sometime in the early 70s. Great song, in my opinion. When that song was out. For those of you like Hannah who are younger and don't remember these days, when that song came out and all the other bumper music that we have on this show came out, if you were a GOAT, that means means you were the reason that your team lost. Now, everybody talks about GOAT, and it's just like the greatest thing ever. Well, the GOAT, when I grew up, was... You were the reason why your team lost. Like, you could argue last night Bregman was the GOAT. Uh, Altuve, you know, was the GOAT. Whatever. The other one is dog. Like, if you were a dog, that meant you were the worst player on the team. That's what that meant. Oh, that guy's a dog. That that meant, like, you were... Um, I don't know. Tony Jones. I mean, you know, like the worst player on the team. But now it means you're a stud. Like I don't get that. I I don't and I and again, I don't get that. And I don't get I keep hearing it. I don't get when a minute became a long period of time. So when I was young, a minute was a short period of time. Goats were the reason that you lost. Dogs were the worst players on the team. <laughs> and now a minute means apparently a large yeah. period of time. It's
2: been a minute. The
1: goat is the oh. greatest ever and dogs are the guys that you are the studs that you depend on. I mean talk about upside down this world is.
2: Yeah, if you if you're not good, you're just weak or you're trash. Uh and yeah, it's been a
5: minute since I've seen it.
1: All right, so this Give is yourself. a man. I'm sorry, I got <laughs> carried away. Let's get to our friend Bobby Nova. And I know Bobby remembers those days, right, Bobby? Absolutely. <laughs> are you in the. Or, Kevin, are you in that movie, Top Gun? No, you, I am not. You have not. to be in that movie. Oh, no. Well, you a Top Gun, Kevin? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, Cajuns are going to be in uh, Clemson, South Carolina. So is Mr. Bobby Neuville going to be with him? It looks that way. Oh, man. It, it wasn't looking that way Sunday. Now the man's going. So I, I feel better about the Cajuns' chances that that Bobby's going to be there. So f- all joking aside, tell me about this mat- the first matchup. Like, obviously, we got to worry about Clemson, hopefully, at some point. If the Cajuns win and Clemson wins, they play one another. Um, but what about the Auburn matchup?
4: Yeah, the Auburn matchup is, is, you know, pretty much what the coaching staff is uh is focusing on for the most part. Of course, you know, they gotta look at the other teams. But Auburn, you know, they're uh thirty nine and fifteen, eleven and thirteen in the SEC. They hit three oh three as a team and they've hit like eighty four home runs and they really, really pitch well. You know, they got a, a really good pitcher, Matty Pinter who throws, you know, she she works up in the zone. A rise ball pitcher that throws 70-71, you know, high velocity. Uh, Not sure if these Cajuns have seen uh, that that type of velocity this season. They've seen a lot of pitchers in the upper 60s, but not sure if they've seen one like Maddie Pinter who can throw in the lower 70s. She also has a good good change-up. You know, she's a strikeout pitcher. She has 258 strikeouts, Kevin, in uh, and uh, one hundred eighty two innings. So she's a strikeout pitcher, and she depends on that rise ball to get some, uh, some uh, weak contact fly balls, and that's how she, you know, that's what made her. Successful. So it's kind of similar. Twenty three and nine.
1: Kind of similar to Kandra. So is it a matter of <clears throat> being able to lay off of it? More than you need, to, more than maybe you, you you should, and getting an umpire that doesn't call the high strike zone, or, or what what's the key here?
4: All of those, you know, all of those factors are are going to be important, as well as you know, when she does throw it for a strike, you want to try to you you got to try to be able to get on top of that pitch, and then try to hit line drives and, and instead of instead of fly ball out to the outfield, and you know. If you can make if you could square up on her now, you're gonna hit it a long way. uh she has given up fifteen home runs, so you know which is kind of normal for a rise
1: ball pitcher, so let me ask you one thing I don't know, and I haven't heard yet, do you have any idea how she feels her position?
4: I do not, and i I, I tried to watch some video last night and 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 all I was able to get was the audio, so you know that didn't work out too well, so. But so, I know she's a really good pitcher. Not sure how she feels her position.
1: Now, of course, it's harder to really use a against a rise ball pitcher that throws that hard. It's harder to to bunt and to use the short game. I would think against that kind of a pitcher.
4: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, rise ball pitchers, you know, Kendra's an extremely difficult pitcher to uh, to bunt on. You know, Sam Landry and uh, Megan Shorman if 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 if. if you know, if you know that that, that it's a bunning situation, normally they're going to throw a rise ball. So uh, I'm sure Matty Pitta is going to work up in the zone uh, in, in bunning situations and uh, those, uh, those flappers are going to have to try to get the ball on the ground in those situations.
1: So. From what you've seen from this team this year, and again, she's you know it's art. she's one of the best, probably two or three pitchers. It sounds like that the Cajuns have faced this year. Would they be better off facing someone who throws ha rise balls up with that kind of velocity, or more of a junk ball pitcher? Which one do you think they've had more success against this season?
4: No doubt, I think that we've had more success against pitchers that throw it, you know, pretty high velocity and um you know, pitchers that change speeds and have really good change ups have uh have given us problems at times. I prefer a pitcher like Pinter, to you know, against the Cajuns team, uh, who's, you know, been pretty successful against kids like uh, you know, Jessica Mullins who throws in the upper sixties, uh, and and uh Leanna Johnson at Troy and, and the the lackey kid at South Alabama. The Cajuns have had pretty good success against those kind of pitchers. You know, the Dalsini kid at Texas throws in the upper 60s, and, you know, we were able to, to beat her. So uh, I like the fact that Pinter, you know, is, a, is a, a hard thrower.
1: Now, you know, here's the thing that that's kind of in my mind and, and that worries me about I, I think that on paper, after what I've heard about Auburn and looking at their statistics and looking at their schedule and who they've beaten and who they haven't beaten, I feel like the Caders are plenty capable of beating them, it mean, could certainly lose. I mean, I don't, I don't think it, you know it should be a good game. I would think, but what's you? You have obviously a, a really good pitcher, and you have a young team who's going to be playing in the regionals for the first time for most of them, with the exception of like Raina and a few of the girls. Um, and a lot of times, those first four, five, six innings, that whole first game, sometime. Can, Look at last year in the regional. What did they beat, George Washington, like one nothing in like eight or nine yeah. innings, whatever it was? Yeah,
4: I think it, I think it might have even been 10 or 11. I can't remember exactly, but that came, you know that game lasted forever.
1: It was like a 10-inning game, and they won one nothing. And so they, you yes. on paper, they should have been able to hit. But I think a lot of – and look at the first game of the Sunbelt Conference tournament. They didn't really hit that well. But in the second game, no, they hit really well. No. So how worried yeah, are you about that aspect yeah. of it? What's it say again? How worried are you about that? I just just overcoming the nerves and the and, and and not getting behind too early in that first game to me is is going to be a big deal in this region.
4: Well, you know, Kevin, being able to be around a team, you know, as much as I have, and those 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 you know so called freshmen who, in my mind, are no longer freshmen. They, you know, they're very resilient. I don't think. I don't think the fact that they're playing in their first regional is going to be a big deal to them. You know, they've played at the highest level of, of uh, travel ball and and played for national championships. And I know it's not the same thing, but uh, from what I've seen from these kids, they they're very resilient. And uh, you know, I don't think you know being on a bigger stage is gonna is gonna bother them that much. To be honest with you,
1: I think another factor in that whole process, and of course, last year's team wasn't young at all they were filled with 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 experienced players but i think another factor in that is a lot of times in regionals you're facing pitchers uh that you hadn't faced all season long yeah
4: for sure you know the cages have never seen Matty pinter or or anybody you know any of the pitchers for uh for clemson or you know wilmington if if they ended up playing so it's going to be you know something new it's not like you're going to play three games, you know, a three game series against a conference team that you're very familiar with. So yeah, it's going to be a little bit different. And, uh, I know they're working, uh, working really hard this week on, on the type of pitchers that they're going to be expecting to see. And, uh, I really expect this team to be very well prepared going into the regional. I'm excited about it. And, uh, you know, it's a winnable regional uh, Auburn, you know, Auburn, they don't, they don't feel so, so great. They, uh, you know, they got a nine sixty three fielding percentage. They do hit with some power and they've got good pitching. So Clemson pretty much the same thing. And so um, I think it's I think it's a winnable regional. Just gotta go out and play your best softball, which the Cages have been doing in the last month or so. All
1: right. So even the fact that Coach Glasgow has you know, can't rejoin the team at the earliest Thursday, and we don't even know for sure if it'll be you're you don't feel like that's gonna be a a problematic preparation obstacle
4: I, I really don't you know I'm, you know obviously he's in contact with the coaching staff and he's letting them know exactly what he wants them to do at practice and they're going to go out and execute the practices that he wants <coughs> them to uh to, to execute and uh you know of course it, it would be a lot better if he would be there but i'm sure they're in constant contact with him and you know he's able to watch video and uh and do what he does from his home until he's, you know, able to get out and and, and rejoin the team. But I you know, he has been with the team all fall, he's been with the team throughout the season and you know, three or four days away from the team. I don't think it's gonna make that much of a difference, to be honest with you.
1: All right. So obviously a lot of people, I think somewhat including yourself, was a little disappointed in the seed the Cajuns got and where they're going. But like you said, when you there are different ways to look at things, and I think from an optimistic standpoint, you look at this region and you're not playing Oklahoma, you're not playing, you know, Florida State, you're not playing even Virginia Tech, you know, one of these top two or three and So that means to me that it's winnable, like you said.
4: Yeah, definitely, you know, and uh, I mean, on paper, like, you know, I was talking to Jay yesterday, Jay Walker and and, he, and we were talking about some people don't think there's a difference between a two- and three-seed, and um, I don't necessarily agree with that. But this year, you know, everybody's saying we're the three-seed, but according to Jay, and, and, and Woody, he made a really good point. He said you're one of the best three-seeds playing what on paper might be one of the weaker two-seeds. So, you know, if you look at it from that perspective, then, you know, it's not that big of a deal. And uh, I, I think the Cajuns in the Auburn, you know, that's a good matchup for the Cajuns. It's a winnable game. Now, you got to go out and you got to execute. And, uh, you know, you going to have to get the pinta at some point and and hopefully be able to score a few runs. But
1: Yeah, it sounds like uh, they're going to need the unlike, home run ball. Unlike in this most
4: week. years, Kevin, I, I, I'm not, you know, from the Cajuns' viewpoint, I don't think the the, the seating is that big of a deal.
1: All righty, sir. I appreciate your time as always. And hopefully. Um... No one is, you know, the goat uh, the seventies version of the goat or or a dog or any of that. Man, kind of if somebody
4: sense. would have called me a if somebody would have called me a goat in, 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 in when I was in high school, that, that wouldn't have been good. Yeah.
1: You know? <laughs> I'd have had to deal with that the dog, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah, that was awful. It's amazing how I'll life is.
4: Or or tell me, you know, something, you know, come back in a minute. Yeah. I'll be back in a minute.
1: (laughs) 60 seconds. Unbelievable. Uh, I just
4: don't understand. I'm older than
1: all of y'all. Yes. How do you think I feel? (laughs) I'm with you, Bob. (laughs) All right. I appreciate your time as always, sir. Take care. Thank you, Kevin. All, All right. It's true. It's craziness. Insanity. We'll be back after this timeout on the game. 1037 Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
0: Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Z28. Z28. Now, a running back with great speed and -and start-and-go ability, like a Chevy Camaro that plays for the New Orleans Saints. Also known as Alvin Camara. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes.
1: Welcome back. To footnotes, Kevin Foote on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The game hotline is open. 706 0111. 706 0111. If you would like to get in, want to remind you about Downtown Rising. If you would like to uh, enjoy the uh, ultimate downtown. Rising VIP experience, this is what you need to do. Go to the website at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Join the Game Rewards Club. You might win VIP passes for Downtown Rising featuring Cold War kids on Saturday, June the 4th. The ultimate downtown rising experience presented by Social Entertainment, Raider Solutions, Louisiana Raging Cajuns, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Guess what I just found out? I did not know her name. I just stumbled across it in the break. I heard that this person died, but I stupidly, because my mind gets kind of senile sometimes, I didn't remember who she was. Well... The The actress who played Charlene Darling in The Andy Griffith Show died. Now, how ironic—you know how my mind thinks. How ironic that she died right after Ernest T. Bass won the Kentucky Derby. Like, for those of you who ever seen The Andy Griffith Show, the famous episode is she was uh, married— She was engaged, about to marry Dud Walsh, who way overmarried with Charlene Darling, in my opinion. I mean, like he—I don't know how—I don't know how he got her, but anyway, that's a different subject. But Ernest T. Bass had his eye on, and he kept throwing a rock through the window to try to—he wanted to try to woo her with his ways. If you've ever seen that episode, and um, and so I'm guessing—I don't know how. The lady died, but I'm guessing she might have died of a heart attack because she saw Ernest T. Bass, of all people, won the Kentucky Derby. Hannah's looking at me like, What in the world are you talking about? She's probably never seen The Andy Griffith Show. Have you ever seen The Andy Griffith Show?
2: Yes. Have I you ever have. seen this episode? Vaguely. Oh. I'll have to look up after the, the show's over to.
1: I believe in that episode, we learned that Ernest T. Bass's favorite song is Eating Goober Peas. I think that's what we found out, but no, great, great, a top ten episode probably. I don't, I. It's not my favorite, but top ten. But no, that is, I did not know that Charlene, darling, died. That's a shame. But how ironic she died right after, a, as we proclaimed on this show anyway, that uh, Ernest T. Bass won the Kentucky Derby. And and speaking of the Kentucky Derby, the winner, we um. Miss the Preaknesses this weekend, and we're going to be talking to Mr. Tom on Thursday about that, and Ernest T. Bass is not going to be participating in the uh, Preakness, even though he won the, the Kentucky Derby craziness. All right. Again, the game hotline is open, 706-0111, 706-0111. So um, tomorrow we'll be able to look at how the lottery went today, and hopefully – be celebrating hopefully it's a glorious Wednesday morning but it could be bad and it all revolves around Boston will the Astros be able to salve, avoid the sweep and salvage a game in this series I know they have a game tomorrow but I'm just telling you how my mind is working right now and then hopefully um the Heat beat the Celtics so, I would—I mean, it, it will be a glorious Wednesday if the Astros beat the Red Sox and the Heat beat the Celtics and all the little Bostonites will be um, crying in their tea or whatever they're going to be drinking. So, hopefully that's the case. We need that to happen. Go Astros, go Heat. We need Boston, we need all the little Boston fans to be very upset, very angry, very depressed, come tomorrow morning. That's the plan anyway. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. What's
2: going on, Mr. But?
1: Oh, hanging in there. How are you, sir?
2: Doing good, Kevin. Kevin, look, you've been following the Cajun baseball pretty much as long as I have. You know, we can go back to all the greatest hitters they had in one season with this team. You know, Josh Clare, J. Conrad, uh, Jonathan Lucroy. I mean, the seasons that that Carson Rockefeller is having, and man, they've got the rank up there. That that kid is something special, Kevin.
1: He's. I mean, it's not over yet. We got a few games left to play, and hopefully, more than just a few. But. Uh, no, it, it's it, it's an he's having an incredible season. I mean, he's up to what around 375 now. He's got what 18 jacks and 63 ribs, something somewhere right in there. No, uh, it, it's 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 very impressive, no question. And 15 stolen bases too. That's not Yes, that. yes yeah, I know it's around yes. 15, but
2: it, anyway, you know, and he's playing home, all over did, the place. Did you go to San Marcos or are you, you
1: know, just watching him? No, season? I was not. I was not in San Marcos.
2: Did you see that home run he hit? I forgot they, what they was. They were pitching up outside, and he hit it, and like he just swung with his arms, and he hit it to the opposite field. Did you see? remember that yes. home run? Yes. Like Kevin, that's impressive.
1: No, he's you good. Know, no, I he's mean, really remember good. Remember
2: last year how he had problems with left-handed pitching? Well, he solved that problem.
1: I, I, yeah, I, think, I mean, I think Yes.
2: I think his game's going to resonate in, in the next level, Kevin. I mean, you know, he I'll outfield, our first base, so he'll be able to move around whenever uh, once he gets drafted. But I see a great future for that kid, and he got a good head on his shoulders too, which makes it uh, which makes it uh, even more special for him.
1: The only thing I don't like about him is he's a Yankee fan. And when I did the interview, I did a feature on him a few weeks ago, and the only and when I interviewed him, he told me he was a Yankee fan. I said, you know. I said, you, and he doesn't smile very often. He's a pretty stone-faced, serious guy. And uh, I said, you know, you kind of, there's something about the way you play and swing the back kind of does remind me of Don Mattingly. He said, oh, I'll sign up for that. You know, he was all, he, he smiled when I said that, but no. only thing I don't like about him is he's a Yankee fan, but everybody's got their faults.
2: Okay, you said he was a Yankee fan. Okay, then I'll take back everything I said about him. Y'all have a good day.
1: <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> No, he's a good guy and he's and FedEx man is right. Man, is he having a fabulous season. I mean, fabulous. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Kevin, one one quick thing. I'm listening. Okay.
6: When uh, Boston brings in uh, Hiroshima Nagasaki in relief, every time, I want you to I want you to watch every pitch he gets back from the catcher or the umpire he's gonna walk behind the rubber take off his glove rub the ball up take his hat off fix his hair put his cap back on rub the ball some more put his glove back on and then walk to the front of the rubber and get on the rubber he's not gonna better to do that when they he, can the pitch throw, clock in. he can throw a pitch that the catcher catches and the catcher throws it right back to him and he's going to do exactly what I said. Every time a ball is thrown to him that he catches, that's what he does. Now, you're right. He's not going to be able to do it with the pitch clock. And I hope he ends up having to go back to Hiroshima where he's from or whatever dumpies from in Japan. <laughs> those kind of pitchers
1: just crawl. My, you know what? I understand a lot of a lot of people. You know, Tony Robichaud was real big about that when he coached pitching. Get the ball and throw it, and get it in a rhythm, and stop all that. You know, it's harder to play defense behind those kind of pitchers. So I'm with, I, I, I'm I'm with you. But watch, it is it is it is every pitch. It's not nine out of ten. It is one
6: hundred percent. This is what he's going to do. Unbelievable! Just, Unbelievable. Oh, okay.
1: Thanks, Julius. all right, Kevin. All right. Bye. I just think sooner or later. I just hope tomorrow that Jules and I are both happy because apparently he wants his team to lose. So if the Astros win and the Red Sox, Jules will be happy because the Red Sox lost, and I'll be happy because the Red Sox lost. Well, I'll be more happy because the Astros won. I'm not really that worried about the Red Sox in the big picture unless they get a bullpen. But, uh, but no, I, I just want to avoid the sweep. Just give me one win. That's all I'm asking for. We'll take a timeout, come back, finish out today's show next on The Game. 103.7, live here at 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. <laughs>
0: Great news, my sports-loving friend. No more aimlessly searching for sports talk love by swiping left or right. That's because you've already found the perfect match. For sports talk love, that is... Now back to the only lover you'll ever need. The game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Welcome back to Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game. I want to remind you, now is the great day to go to the website 1037theGame.com or 1041TheGame.com and join the game clubhouse. I would put you in position to win one of two. Great gifts. You could win a $50 gift certificate to Half Shore Oyster House or a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou, but you cannot win if you don't become a member of the Game Clubhouse. So it's free. It's simple. So I suggest you sign up today at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. So, yes, it is. Uh, going to be a big night. I know we've got uh, some of you are going to be listening, hopefully, to LSU right here on 103.7 uh, Lafayette, 104.1 Lake Charles. The Cajuns will be playing. We're going to have the Astros where you can hear on 98.5, and then I'm sure some of us won't be following on. I don't even know what channel it's on. Is it on ESPN or? TNT. I don't know. Whatever the the NBA game tonight at seven thirty between the Heat and the um, Celtics. So, who man, we're gonna have a lot to review, and it could be a. I could feel really, really, really good in the morning, or be very nervous because I just don't like getting swept, and I want a rubber game really bad. If I lose the rubber game in the ninth game of a nine game nine game road trip and I've already got six wins, I that, that that one's easy to take. Losing again today and being in jeopardy of getting swept, that won't be quite so easy to take. So, please, I don't know how the Astros are going to win tonight, really, but hopefully baseball will help them to do so. Hopefully they hit many home runs like Jules was referring to with a baldy. Appreciate all the phone calls and the guests. Y'all have a nice day.